Hey guys, it's Sean again. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode as always. But today I was so fortunate to sit down with Felicity Rogers from Cargo Crew, the modern uniform for hospitality professionals. And I got to sit down with her and really talk through how she built the brand over the last 17 years, where it started from, how she's got to where it is now on the international stage and what she's going to do with her amazing team to grow the business moving forward. I got the opportunity to sit down with her in the new warehouse in the north of Melbourne, which is just incredible. You have to go check it out. And I think if you're in business right now and you're thinking about how to scale appropriately during this podcast, she gives such great little hints and tips about how she built her culture to create this fantastic product. So tune in, let me know what you think and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Great to have you listening. Um, Amazing to be here with the founder of Cargo Crew, the modern uniform Felicity Rogers. How are you? I'm great, Sean. Thanks for being. Um, yeah, thanks for visiting our new HQ. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, I just got shown around for ten or fifteen minutes, and um, I wanted to just say, "Well done. This is yeah. this is great." Um, when I was at the first one uh, that you had in Brunswick, yeah, in Victoria, right? Yep, yeah, that was um, the previous um, office. Yeah. yeah, there's been a few prior to that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've only seen that one. Yeah. Bought uniforms from there. Yeah. And um and was excited by that. And now yeah. this is just. This is next level. Next this level. Is, this is incredible. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're really, I think, really proud of actually, um, you know, what we've been able to create here. Yeah. Um, obviously, being a Melbourne-based business, um, as we've continued to grow, you know, our physical um, presence and our kind of physical capability has also, you know, continued to grow as to what we need to be able to service our customers both here, you know, nationally and internationally. Uh, And a big part of that is, you know, an expansive new warehouse, um, you know, and to be able to find a space, you know, in Melbourne where we can facilitate both the warehouse and and the office space was a really kind of key factor for us. Sure. Um, So we've headed out here to Bandura. Um, We're calling it the new north. Um, and still on the Definitely tram is. line. <laughs> still yeah, on the tram line. Just, yes. Um, and but it's fantastic. We've got you know amazing, um, an amazing kind of you know culture that we've created here at Cargo Crew. So we've been able to position ourselves. We've got um, a great area for an event space now. Great showroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beautiful areas where customers can come, and we have the opportunity to really curate for them. You know, a look, a uniform look. Listen to you know kind of what they're wanting to achieve through their uniform program. Yeah. And to be able to have the space to be able to really start you know and support our clients it's fantastic to be able to bring them here everyone is kind of um, you know excited when they see the space and get inspired and I guess that's that's kind of what it's about it's about us not only delivering a great product but also service is an absolute key to us here at Cargo Crew and I think that styling advice curating looks for our customers is really key to what we deliver. What immediately came to mind then was creativity. Uh, yeah. And obviously hospitality is such a creative yeah. space, right? And, yeah. I, and, I, and what I'm seeing now in the industry, and mm. we're lucky enough to be based in Melbourne, is the fact mm. that there's so many great concepts and ideas coming out of Melbourne. Mm. And I can imagine that a lot of people who come and shop with you for mm. the first time, especially mm. in a space like this, yeah. is going to benefit them just creatively in their own workspace because they're going to 
deal with partnerships yeah. like Cargo Crew that are so positive and so yeah. in line with what they're thinking? Is that yeah. is that kind of the initial feedback you've had since you've opened it? Oh, look, absolutely. I think um, in general, I do believe that you know, we'll, you know, when we first started and first launched Cargo Crew as a stock service range, mm-hmm. that's what it was all about. It was about really understanding what our customers needed. Sure. Um, you know, just to kind of give you a bit more of the backstory. Yeah, um, please. The backstory of Cargo Crew is that um, you know I started the business. 17 years ago. Um, So, you know, it's been a long journey, you know, to get to this point. And um, prior to um, launching Cargo Crew, I had a fashion um, label. Okay. Um, So I'd studied fashion design at RMIT. Uh, I worked for one year in fashion PR. Always really, always really keen to start my own business. I started my own label very young with a girlfriend from university. Okay. Um, And we actually, um, during that time we had the label, we used to participate in Melbourne Fashion Week, Sydney Fashion Week. It was before online. Um, We used to wholesale around the country. Um, But during that time, we used to get approached by businesses to um, and uh, who would ask us to create a custom uniform for them. And I think just in general, like as a design focused person, I loved working with other businesses and listening to what they needed um, for their business. And, you know, what did they want in uniform? How did they want it to reflect their brand? So it was those experiences that gave me the idea to kind of start Cargo Crew initially. And I guess, you know, having said said that, it's kind of that, you know, that support around um, design, creativity, working with a customer, understanding what they're wanting to achieve and what they're wanting to deliver their customers. And then our part in that is ensuring that the staff look presentable, that they represent the brand and the visual language that goes into that concept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess for us, you know, obviously we you know deeply believe that a uniform really does reflect the business and the customer experience and what, you know, that brand or business is wanting to achieve. Yes. So we are really lucky in a way um, as far as the partners that we have worked with and, you know, getting to kind of work with different businesses and see the ideas that are out there, the creativity, the experience that people are creating for customers. Mm-hmm. I think these days, particularly with so much competition with digital, I think we all know that it really does come down to people's experience, you know, how much they enjoy, whether it's the food, you know, the customer service, the setting, the decor, the design of the venue, all of that, it has to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think people really understand when something's been done authentically, you know, something has been done, care has been taken. Yeah, for the right reasons. Design, Mm -hmm. creativity, innovation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's becoming more and more important in in business across industries, you know, not just hospitality, being innovative, you know, doing things authentically, doing things because you really want to do a good job and deliver a good product to your customer. Sure. um, And supporting that through innovation, you know, for us, that really sits and lies in, you know, the product development, Mm -hmm. you know, the functionality of fabric. We spend a huge amount of time creating custom fabrics that are going to, um, you know, that we then use in our products. So I think one of the um, questions you you briefed to me prior to us chatting was, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, I suppose, what is the difference with a hospitality uniform? Yes. Um, And I guess for us, that really does start with the functionality of thinking about, you know, the person wearing the the product Mm -hmm. and, um, and the uniform and just making sure that we understand that we need to, first of all, start with fabric. How does that fabric need to perform in that sure. environment? Sure. Um, what technology can we um, engage to help with, you know, stain resistance or you know, wash wash and wear durability, repeat washing, 
um, you know, creasing, hiding stains, those kind of things. Yeah. At the end of the day, fabric is fabric. So, you know, nothing's yeah, bulletproof. Exactly. Um, but you can make it close, right? Well, we do our best. We really mm. do. And we do a huge amount of testing, um, which we do here in-house, um, as well as using external um, testing labs. Um, so it is really big part of that development process. So particularly for hospitality, where there's often, you know, messy environments, we are really conscious of colour tones, yeah. fabric functionality, what are we putting into the designs and the product that we're delivering to the market. Sure. Um, I think also um, what's really relevant for hospitality is, um, is the design of the product. Mm-hmm. So you, like you said before, there is a lot of innovation and creativity within hospitality. And I think there is, you know, very much the need for our range to support whether it's, you know, a new movement of trend, yep. you know, minimalist, yep. what colours, you know, we're doing like a lot of refining refining of the moment of, you know, perfect white shirts and black shirts. Sure. Um, but making sure that, again, there's that focus on quality and fabric so yeah. that those shirts look really polished for mm-hmm. those venues that just want to pair everything back mm-hmm. and just have a really presentable, simplistic approach to a uniform. Yeah. Um, then we have obviously options to with our aprons where people can change colour straps and yep. you know they can mix things up to really you know kind of add a pop of colour yep. or really kind of represent their business. So mm-hmm. there's really great ways I think within our range that people can um, curate and also individualise their look sure. to make it unique to them yep. and their venue. Um, and I guess the other I think key part, particularly I believe in hospitality and also retail, is whatever the uniform looks like it needs to be obvious to the customer that mm-hmm. that is staff particularly in busy venues so I think you know where whether it's a bold check or if it's something that as I said before a pop of color with an apron strap you know that kind of united front yes that the that the uniform can provide for mm-hmm. the for the staff um, I think is a really key benefit for um, for the venue owner um, again just making it easy for customers to identify staff and to make that customer experience as seamless as possible when they're wanting service. Yeah, totally agree. I mm. think that's something that's been something's been kind of lost at the moment. Mm. In that there's there will be venues rightly or wrongly which mm. kind of play it a bit yep. too cool for school. Yeah, and don't wear a uniform. Huh? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you mm. do get lost in who that mm. person is on the floor that actually can assist you. And I think sometimes we take the personal cool approach or mm. I'm trying to think of a better word, but at the end of the day, this is hospitality, mm. which mm. means being hospitable mm. and which means serving a customer. Mm. And, and a uniform is so key to that and yeah. starts the first 10 to 15 seconds of someone's entering a venue and they can pinpoint who the person is that's going to look after them when they pass over the threshold for the first time. Absolutely. So that's why the importance of uniform is there for me. Yeah, and I agree. And I also think that, um, you know, with the movement of potentially... Um, for example, the kind of back of house function becoming a lot more open. People are really interested in what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. And, you know, part of that theatre, I believe, does need to be that those people need to be also presented in a way that also complements the front of house. Sure. Um, And really kind of, yeah, gives the customer the opportunity to, you know, watch what's happening, but also for those, you know, those staff members to be dressed and to also be part of that united front, representing the, you know, the business, representing the venue. Totally agree. Um, and, yeah, and I, I I do agree that there is definitely companies that have gone for the no uniform policy. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything, there's trends and movements. But yeah. I think, you know, particularly what, what we find is that 
One, it's about, you know, the business um, being able to seamlessly manage the uniform campaign mm-hmm. or, the, sorry, the uniform um, program. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we do really well. Like, at the end of the day, we take away a lot of the headaches. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, you know obviously running a uniform program and obviously having to dress staff. Yes. You know, there's a lot of obviously nuts and bolts that go with that. Absolutely. So I think when we first launched Cargo Crew as a stock range, our whole kind of approach was that we wanted it to be available from stock mm-hmm. with no minimums. So people can buy, you know, easily replenish their um, their uniform requirements with new starters, you know, people leaving, all of those things. Yeah. I think that kind of logistic headache of having to keep the staff dressed often you know may um, put some people off as to you know do we just you know forget about a uniform sure um so i do think that that is part of our offering here at cargo crew where it's not just deliver and drop and done yes it's really about servicing and being able to repeat supply to our customers of course you want to be part of that whole experience exactly exactly even when they change uniform again yeah whether that be in a couple of years time yep be part of that refresh and update absolutely um yeah so i guess you know kind of um going back again to Mm. the early days um when i did first initially start the business it was very much um, based on a custom bespoke uniform offering yes um and so one of my first clients back in the day was paul mathis oh yeah who you would probably know um so at that time he was um working on the um federation square development so that was all new that was completely new that was all new he did transport and um, transit he did chocolate buddha um and then at that time he also did um down at the sea baths um it was um the soul mama was it called soul mama Yeah. yeah the vegetarian yes um and so, yeah, during those early days, working for people like Paul Mathis, who mm-hmm. absolutely was, you know, and probably is a visionary for yeah. for really nailing a venue concept, yes. the whole offering, the food, the menu, the decor, the uniforms. Yes. So I worked really closely with him on all of those venues back in the day. And I think um, that was an incredible experience to yeah. really understand someone like himself who has a huge amount of passion yes. for the industry and for delivering that whole customer experience. Mm-hmm. Every detail was considered with him. Mm-hmm. He really thought about what is the staff going to look like, how are they going to deliver the meals. You know, it was just all a storytelling kind of piece. Yeah. Um, and I think personally, having worked with people like that and got the insights as well of the detail and how you know how important the uniform was, it was really inspiring. Um, and but it also made me realise when it came to reordering, mm. you know the the complications around having to do minimums with factories and you know turnaround times and all of those things. It was always a headache. Yes. Um, and that's you know that's kind of where we ended up. You know on this kind of journey of wanting to create a range that we have that we do hold in stock for yes. customers. Yes. And they can buy twenty four seven online. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to wait six weeks for things to be made. And it's all about kind of a seamless offering um where you know this the details being considered the fabric has been developed and the time has been invested in that and then um we hold it here and you know people can just order it as required so you know it's all of the insights over the years and gathering and working with great people really kind of pushed that whole offering to um you know for us as far as what we needed to bring to the market how were you able to do that how were you able to do that so well 17 years ago when so you're talking about many things, and I've dealt with a lot of uniform suppliers over twenty years. 
um, some good, some not so good. Mm. And and you're talking about holding stock, mm. which is a big cost for you guys to do. Mm. Um, delivering that stock as well, which mm. obviously you know you'd pass on some of that. But even mm. still, mm. I know it's not it's not extreme. Mm. Um, developing fabrics in house, yep. so that you have the ownership of of that mm. IP. Mm. It's a lot of cost, time, mm. energy involvement, and something completely groundbreaking in hospitality because mm. I don't really think I really can't recall mm. Felicity, anyone who is doing that as a brand, mm. specifically for hospitality mm. and that time. Yeah, and I you guess know? you know, to be fair, the, the seventeen years ago that was when it was more um, the bespoke offering. So sure. you know, Cargo Crew was really at that time. It really was just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was me meeting with people like Paul Mathis and taking briefs, creating designs, having them made in Australia here locally. Yeah. Um, and you know, our actual Cargo Crew range um, we have had in the market now for eight years. Right. So it's kind of been a journey over the 17 years of doing the bespoke programs, working with, you know, one-on-one with customers. That was probably for about five, six years. Getting um, into working with bigger um, bigger corporate businesses yes. like L'Oreal. So yeah. that was probably after the, you know, the initial work that I, um, that I did with Paul Mathis. Yes. The next kind of stage of growth for me and the business was when we started to work with companies like L'Oreal right. um, and we'd do all their uniforms for um, the tennis. You know, when they sponsored, Garnier used to sponsor the tennis, L'Oreal yeah. used to sponsor the races, yeah. the Melbourne Fashion Week. So there was, there was the, the roots are in hospitality, but yes. then the, the progress that we kind of made was then moving into more general corporate uniforms, but yeah. fashionable corporate uniforms, I guess, is yes. you know where it where it all kind of sits with us. Yes, and that's obviously again because of obviously my design background, um, and then also you know my sister who joined the business eight years in. Uh huh. Um, and her background was um, advertising. So right. she bought with her all these skills with client service, you know, yeah. great creative ideas. Mm-hmm. How are we talking to our customers? How are we, um, you know, marketing Cargo Crew sure. as a small, you know, kind of business, which it was at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I guess when you kind of ask how do we do all of that, it really has come from just an innate kind of desire to want to deliver a great product so it's been you know this ongoing journey of building on Mm -hmm. the design of the product Mm -hmm. you know the innovation with the fabrics and you know as as the business has grown from myself to my sister my husband's always been behind the scenes you know helping out and then he joined the business officially six years ago (laughs) he's now the operations director um and you know like it's always been just that you know grassroots work of wanting to create a great product and deliver it yes um and then as the teams continue to grow you bring on new people and new skills and um you know obviously we've grown our design team we've got um you know another graduate of the rmit fashion program we've got a production manager that's worked for you know huge companies and had all that experience of fabric development as well so you bring in new skills and more people that um you know bring new abilities to the business um we've also you know just um about two years ago um we've had luke littlefield join the business Mm -hmm. and 12 months ago um we appointed him as the managing director right um so now as an exec team um between you know myself my sister narelle my husband paul and and luke our md We've kind of got a really strong, I guess, kind of um, united team now of wanting to take the business forward into the next stage of growth. Sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what with all those changes for yourself mm. as a leader, like, what have you found the biggest change in moving, uh, do, doing different things within the business, being 
a one person shop at the start mm. and then and then growing into this inspirational leader of such a big brand like mm. has it been a challenge for you to to move and grow into those different roles um definitely i think any kind of founder and business owner as you grow there's absolutely new challenges along sure. the way sure. like we were talking before um earlier mm. about the brunsby yeah. head office that you went to yes um so prior to that we were in collingwood um and you know we made the move to brunswick and i think at the time it was at least double the size of what we were in Collingwood. Right. And I remember thinking at the time, oh my goodness, this is really overwhelming. This is yeah. a scary move. This is a really scary move. It's a big commitment with, you know, we've got this on-site warehouse. It's, yes. You know, it's big time. Um, and I do remember at the time, you know, being a bit anxious about that and that commitment. Um, and then funnily enough, when we moved here to Bandura, which is now four times the size of Brunswick, um, wow. I haven't had that same, I suppose, real anxiety around, wow, what are we doing? Because I feel like we've been on this journey now. We have a really clear understanding of what we're doing as a business, where we can take the business, who our customers are, and, you know, just getting such a great response in the market that I can see the, you know, I I suppose the the opportunity that Cargo Crew has to continue to grow. So it feels, it feels like the right time to be taking this next best, you know, next big step. Yeah. But, you know, along the way, you do have to change up how you work, you know, particularly when you've been 100% on the tools as the person that did the accounts, did the client service, did the design, did the production. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that definitely has its challenges because you have to let things go along the way mm-hmm. um, and you have to be reflective and you also need to, um, you know, allow other people to develop in the areas that you often don't want to let go of because you love. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I guess in a way I kind of approach it the way I do everything in this business and that is just to be as honest and open as I can and be very collaborative with our team I think that at the end of the day, you know, my main focus is still to drive the product and the vision of the company of where we're going. So where are we going with product? You know, ultimately, what do we want our offering to be in the market? How can we continue to grow that? Um, And behind all of that, you know, really kind of the creative direction of the brand, you know, supported by marketing. So I guess from my perspective, I still am very hands-on with the with uh, with what I believe are my key strengths yes. and what I bring to the business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really just a matter of wanting to ensure that, you know, you can talk openly to your team, particularly when you bring new people on board in new roles that don't exist previously. Yeah. There is that time when you kind of go, okay, how's this going to work? And do I need this role? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but I, I we always do need the role. Like yeah. I think by the time we get the role, we're all ready for it. Right. Um, but I think just the way we are, I think part of our culture here is quite open and making sure that we can have conversations, you know, and if things aren't working, just talk about it. Well, how can we change things up? And, um, you know, obviously, obviously, no great business exists without great people. Yes, of course. And and I think, you know, that's something that we appreciate and respect when we bring people on board to really, you know, start doing jobs that we used to do. Yes. Um, but I think the key to that is really making sure you spend the time getting the right people on board. You know, being really, really sure. Because yes. it's like... It's like Cargo Crew is like a family. <laughs> yeah, like and a, I was going to say that to you, right? Yeah. So they're probably, let's say... 10 to 15 interactions I've had with your brand over the last probably good five or six years. It's always felt that way. Yeah, right. From any from anyone I've talked to. Yeah, right. That's good. That's good. Which, I mean, is, which is amazing. Mm. Which says uh, I'm always a believer of, you know, the fish rots from the head, mm. right? So it means if 
yourself as the founder or the managing mm. director or whoever's running the company mm. isn't deal isn't mm. isn't delivering that mm. for their staff, mm. um, then it's never going to really work for the rest of the business. Yeah. So I was going to ask you how you actually manage to do that for your team. Like what mm. once they're in and once you know they're great, mm. like how mm. do you how do you work on keeping them great? Mm. Look, I think um, we do put a lot of time and effort into um, communication. Sure. Open openness. Yes. Um, we have a stand up um, meeting every morning. Yeah. Um, where we all kind of go around and kind of talk about what we're working on or what, you know, something to share. You know, making sure that there is really good communication, not just within teams, but yes. across the business. Yes. Everyone sits in that, or sorry, stands in that meeting yes. <laughs> um, and has an opportunity to share something or just to listen. Um, so I would say that is is the number one thing. It's mm. people don't come into Cargo Crew and just do their job and just sit there and do the same thing every day. It's a very collaborative um, environment. Sure. We encourage, you know, collaboration and um, and I believe that collaboration and creativity just drives so much success in business. Yes. Um, you want to you want people to feel that they can give their opinion and that they can their opinion will be either valued or listened to or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think having that openness is important because people can feel that they can contribute. And yep. if people are contributing then and people feel that they're contributing, then they're going to feel good about coming to work. They're going to want to be involved in helping this business to grow. Yeah. Um, so I do think that, that that is a big part of it. And I do think we do spend a bit of time, um, you know, particularly our, you know, the exec team, spending time with the team, spending time with the business and updating people, letting everyone know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of probably family and maybe privately owned businesses can be quite closed yes. with what they share with their staff. Totally. I think we're probably the opposite to that and we're, um, you know, as I said before, everyone here is here for a reason. We want them to be part of the journey. So I think sharing and, and openness is probably the key to the, to the culture that we have. Have you found that was something that you sort of developed over along the way or do you think that's something just innate that's come out of you and that's the way you've always run the business as being that open Um, communicative place or is that something you've had to teach yourself almost no I think that that definitely as people we are very much um quite open Mm. you know naturally sure um but then again you as you you as you progress in your journey of business you definitely learn and kind of think to yourself sometimes oh maybe I shouldn't say that but mm. I guess um, I guess from our perspective, we like to kind of represent Cargo Crew and who we are very authentically. And at the end of the day, we are quite open people. Like I think back to, you know, the times when it was just myself and my sister on the tools, client servicing and all those yeah. things. Yeah. We built genuine relationships with people. We built genuine relationships because we spent time listening to what they wanted sure. and then we would produce and deliver to that. Yes. And I think that kind of real skill of listening to your customer and really getting to know your customer, if you really care about growing a business, taking the time, not only just doing it, but actually caring to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, I get really inspired when I listen to what people want and I get really excited about, okay, how can we help them? Um, so I think that, you know, it all comes from a genuine place and I think 17 years is a long time (laughs) to be in business and it's, you know, obviously like, like any commitment, you know, it takes a lot of energy. Um, and so I think you could only kind of, um, act that for a certain amount of time if if it wasn't genuine and literally the way you operate. I think a lot of that is just how we operate. Uh, and I think it has worked in our favor, um, in, in the way that, you know, the culture we've created, but also, as I said, spending the time to get the right people on board. Sure. 
at the start is really yeah. important when you yeah. go through that process of recruiting and making sure that, you know, the values feel aligned mm-hmm. and, you know, why are people wanting to come and work here and sure. all of those things. It's, it's, I think in this day and age it's really important because, you know, the people represent our brand, you know, so often um, and are dealing with customers day in, day out. Yes, of course. And, and they're all business owners often themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, corporate managers they have a lot of responsibility themselves so we just want to be here to support them really yeah and get the job done amazing yeah um you're you're selling overseas at the moment aren't you yeah yeah so we um we can now say that we've shipped to over 80 countries wow yeah it's pretty crazy i didn't realize it was that many and that's i don't know if i can get much more respect for you now um (laughs) What was the first overseas market that you hit and why? Oh, gee whiz. What was the first overseas order? Was it New Zealand or something close? Gee, I... Do you know what? I would have known this at one point. Yes. I would have known this at one point, but that's not something that I researched before we chatted. And I actually, to be honest, because I was saying how honest I am, I can't remember. Um, (laughs) But I can tell you that our two biggest markets, export markets, is one, America. Right. And two, New Zealand. Right. So America's actually... Our biggest what export market so how did that start um well i would just say that started from it's not as simplistic as this but obviously yes. the power of google and online right um because i think that whilst i can say that it's the power of the internet we've obviously always done a lot of work to position ourselves well online yeah um we obviously work really um hard on our brand image and our um, brand language. Yes. Um, so whatever we have sent out into the, universe, into the universe has been curated and really represents, you know, Cargo Crew, the brand and our product. Sure. So um, I think we've done really well. We've, um, we've worked with, a, um, yeah, one of our long-term um, employees who um, focuses very much on our SEO and our online um, mm-hmm. positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's been with us from the start since we launched online and... Um, so she's obviously kind of got the tools to be able to ensure that we get found sure. online. Yep. And then I think when people find us, they're really impressed with how our website works, the product yep. offering, the pricing, everything, everything kind of ticks the boxes. So I guess really how it started was um, organic. Yes. Organic SEO work. Yes. Um, people would be searching uniforms and they'd find us. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the thing with Google is if you... The way you continue to improve your indexing is people spending time on your site. Right. So if you do a good job with what you're putting online and yes. what you're delivering yep. um, and, you know, people are spending time on your site, the next person who Googles uniforms mm. somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. um, if someone else has spent time on your site in that area, you automatically get pushed up the yes. line good point. to be shown. Mm-hmm. So really the way it did start was really grassroots, people... Googling uniforms yep. are starting to come up. People spending more time on our site. Yes. Us obviously behind the scenes working on how that, you know, kind of traffic was yep. then converted. Yes. Um, however, that's really how it started. Um, and, you know, there was, I don't know, I'm just trying to think about how many years ago it was when we um, we weren't shipping internationally online. So now right. we obviously, our online store now, you can process an order from anywhere really. Yes. There's a few countries we don't ship to, but... Yeah. Um, and you can complete that order. Right. Um, probably about three years ago, we didn't have that end-to-end seamless online ordering. People would have to contact us. Right, okay. And we would have to process an order offline right. and send it to them. Yes. So 
Um, so it was during that time we actually got um, we had an email once from a um, an event agency in New York who was doing a pop up and it was just before Christmas. It might have been. 2000 and maybe 16, say, just before yeah. Christmas. Um, and they'd asked about, you know, could we ship out an, apr- an order of aprons, you know, with, and get delivered to America within two weeks. And we're like, yeah, sure, no problem. They're in stock. That's fine. Sent them out. Um, and then we came back from the Christmas break that year. And then one of the one of our team members was, um, was just looking on Instagram, um, looking for some images and saw that um, Goop in America, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow's business, had had a, a pop-up event and that all the staff were wearing cargo that crew. That was a pop-up event? Yeah, cargo crew aprons, oh, right? So there was a photo of one of the staff members wearing cargo crew apron with Gwyneth Paltrow standing next to her. Oh, my God. And we're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. That was what that order was before wow. we shipped up. They didn't tell us what it was for. Yeah. And so then what happened was I um, I thought, oh, I really want to email Goop and say, oh, yeah. amazing, we're yeah. you know, small Australian business, amazing mm. that we've dressed you. Um, so I did that, and they actually got back to me within a couple of days and said, look, Gwyneth loved the apron so much. She's about to launch a, um, a skincare brand um, under Goop. Would you like to dress her in one of the aprons as well as provide them to the 30 influencers that are coming to the launch event? God. And we're like, sure. So he set off another, you know, 30 aprons. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so obviously things like that happening, yes. you start to get brand awareness of amongst course. that American market. Yeah, we yeah. obviously got some PR from that. Yes. Um, and again, all of that kind of activity just continued to build and build. Um, so then about probably 12 months ago was when we officially launched international shopping on site yep. where we can, people can now just come on. Um, order they can see their currency like that it's geo-targeted so mm-hmm. if they're in america the currency will display as us dollars right okay um and i guess since we've kind of made those updates mm. it's just continued to grow how many customers are actually buying online from international sure um and and i think it's really interesting because we get a lot of feedback from um, customers, particularly in America, about how they don't have anything like that there. In yeah, that's which really is, interesting. Which is really interesting because you think it's such a big country, there's yes. so many businesses. Um, but I do believe that there is something, you know, very unique about our Australian aesthetic that mm. we that we are creating and delivering. Yes. Um, and the Americans really respond well to that. Yeah. Um, they're obviously a community um, or a nation that's very focused on hospitality and service. Most definitely on service. Yeah. And um, and I think from my own experience of in America, you can either see that they're very traditional yes. or they really like to funk up and have a really modern kind of, you know, look yeah. for their uniforms. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so I think there's just that kind of alliance there between mm-hmm. the American customer and what we're delivering in our range, they respond really well to it and um, it just works for them. So um, it has been really interesting. And what else has been interesting with that growth, particularly in the US, has been um, how much they've been loving like our suiting range. So we we launched suiting about 12 months ago. Yes. Um, And that's really kind of allowed us to open up all the roles we're dressing, particularly in hospitality and hotels. Right. So now, you know, are we not only dressing the um, food and bev, yep. you know, the front of house servers, yep. we're now dressing, um, you know, the front um, front of house office admin staff mm-hmm. with the suiting. Yep. Um, we've bought in, you know, denim pieces, so denim jeans, denim skirts that work really well with the blazers of our suiting. So it's a really nice, to cut, nice look to modernise suiting. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so basically that look is also really working for the American market. And that was something, to be honest, I was surprised about as far as, customers 
overseas buying suiting online. You know, you didn't, you didn't it's a big investment. Were, yeah, that's true. It's just a big because they can't look and feel it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's and that's so good point. I mean, a lot of them do buy samples and then follow through with an order. Right, I see. But even the sizing conversion is you know, it is quite yeah. different. Yeah, true. Um, but those things don't seem to be a barrier, which is really interesting. Once they either do see the sample or see the product, they're happy. You know, they're happy to. Um, you know, we do a size conversion. Um, chart for them and everything seems to go okay so um, mm. again that's been a, a really great surprise and again just showing I guess the quality of our product you know the price point is right people yeah. are willing to you know I believe we're very well priced yes it's a very um, good value proposition you've got yeah mm. it, if and and I think that we really work hard at that because as I yeah. keep on saying we keep on coming back to we want to be able to deliver a quality product yes so we don't want to be the cheapest yes but we also want to be affordable and commercial that businesses can afford to dress their staff in cargo crews so we do work very hard at that value proposition isn't it, isn't it interesting as we deal in a world which is so much driven by price, or at least it's, it seems to be, right? But, and I think sometimes as business owners we get lost in that, but, mm. then, but then we always come back to customers wanting quality, mm. service, and value. Yeah. You might maybe save a few dollars on something yeah. or whatever, but in the long run you don't because if you think about the time it takes to have to replace things, um, yeah. Yeah, not to mention the throwaway you know, I suppose kind of nature of things don't wear well. Um, Yeah, so for us, I think as a business as well, like all businesses should be, we are Mm. definitely wanting to focus more and more on, you know, sustainability. How can we do our bit? Um, And, you know, for us, that really starts with making sure that our, that our uniforms last for as long as possible. Sure. Um, I'm not sure if you saw when we, um, when you were doing a tour of the showroom earlier, mm-hmm. the Fight the Fade fabric that we developed. Yes, I saw that, yep. With the aprons. Yep. Um, and we've had that in market for a couple of years now, but, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the number one, um, you know, bugbears of our customers that they, yeah. you know, hate aprons fading. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but so again, have to replace them yeah, times. Yeah. Mm. Um, but again, we're kind of talking about fabric that's going to be washed and washed and washed. So, of course, yeah. fabric does fade. Yeah. Um, so we have been really, like, People just, particularly hospitality clients, love that technology of the fight the fade, mm-hmm. where you know after a hundred washes it still does look the same. Yeah, um, And so we're pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if you're getting that amount of washes out of things and things still looking um, smart and polished, mm-hmm. then to me that is you know that is value. It's you know things really lasting and doing their job and not being a throwaway kind of product. Yep. Um, and I guess other things that we're wanting to, you know, try and continue to improve on is our packaging, reducing our packaging. Um, this year we've just um, launched um, rolled packaging yep. in as many products as we can. So Amazing. we're saving like 65% of the original poly bag. We're just rolling our T-shirts. We're rolling our chino pants. Yep. So things that can be rolled, they mm-hmm. now kind of almost come as a sausage. Wow. Um, and that, you know, yes, there is still some plastic there and we're obviously like everyone else looking for alternatives. Sure. Um, but it's it's not simple like anything. No. If you want to do things right, you know, some of the biodegradable options that people promote they take hundreds of years to biodegrade. So yes. we really don't want to just replace the plastic with something that's just not going to be any really more beneficial. Yeah. Um, so when we do make the change for the packaging that we currently have, we definitely want to make sure that it is something that is either compostable or something that can be, you know, disappear as quick as possible. So in the meantime, the quick fix for us is reduce, reduce, reduce. Sure. All of our new accessories um, that we've just launched, we've no longer put them in poly bags. We just do like a tiny little paper or cardboard wrap 
Um, and just, you know, again, presentation-wise, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's also doing the right thing, being very considered about how we're delivering the product to our customers, you know, thinking about all of that as we continue to evolve our offering and bringing new products. Is, it, is there something that customers were were directly asking you guys for or did you see that obviously being a change um, in, in the fashion industry and you need to yeah. respond quickly? I think it's a few things. I think definitely people have asked. It's only a very small amount. Sure. Um, it's not... I think people are becoming more and more aware every day, you know, in in regards to their own usage and and that includes business. Um, I myself have a teenage daughter who is really aware of, you know, Mm. the impact it's having on their generation and I think being around her and listening to her talk about it has made me even more aware and I think our responsibility as business owners is to do our bit, like I was saying before. I'm not saying that we're, you know, that we're pioneer or we're, we're, you know, trailblazing kind of a, a big change, but I'm very, you know, adamant that we will do our bit and we'll yeah. continue just to figure out what that is as quickly as possible. Constant evolution. Um, absolutely, constant mm-hmm. improvement. And, um, yeah, and I think every business should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it will come to a point, absolutely, where people will make decisions based on mm. sustainable you know, benefits. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and def- it's definitely not a, the sustainability piece now is not a, um, it's a, it's a trend, not a fad. You know what I mean? Like it's an actual wave coming through and it hasn't, it hasn't stopped. Absolutely. And mentality. I guess even if you, you know, talking about hospitality in general, um, yeah, food waste, you know, mm-hmm. what are people, you know, those kind of things. Yep. Um, how can people help to, I suppose, reduce that yep. businesses, um, recycling, you yep. know, you'll see here at our new office, we've got, you know, all the specialised bins for the composting. Yeah, they're very, very cool. Yeah, versus the paper versus the cardboard versus mm-hmm. the regular waste. Yeah. Um, so, again, just being more mindful of what we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and the impact that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. Felicity, last question I want to ask you today is, I mean, you've got a great brand here. It's You've grown it so much over the last 17 years. Like, where do you actually think you want to take it next? Because you can take it in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, we have a pretty clear focus that we we want to be an iconic brand. Okay. We want to be an iconic uniform brand. Amazing. I think, I think there's an opportunity for us to be that. Like, I mm-hmm. think there's, you know, some brands in the market that, you know, heritage brands such as Yakka. Yes. You know, when I was growing up, everyone knew who Yakka was. Yes. Um, and, and I guess... That's what we believe Cargo Crew can be. When people think about a uniform, mm. whether it be a hospitality uniform or a corporate uniform, um, you know, I believe that Cargo Crew can be that name that people instantly yep. associate with uniforms. Totally. So that's where we want to take take the brand. Um, and I guess to really fully achieve that, it's about continuing to grow our offering so that our range mm-hmm. can appeal to multiple kind of businesses, brands, um, diversification of you know a whole workforce of people totally front to back all of those roles mm-hmm. um, so it's really about number one the product mm-hmm. continuing to build on the range mm-hmm. the quality ensuring mm-hmm. that we continue to really back the quality um, and then it's really continuing to build the brand presence of cargo crew sure the brand awareness of cargo crew so um, just prior to us sitting down today mm-hmm. I was just I just did a trip out to the airport we've just done our yeah, first yeah. yeah we've just done our first um, out of home advertising campaign <laughs> which is super exciting for yeah, us as a business sure. I mean literally if you go out to the 
Qantas terminal right now, you will walk through security. You'll see one kind of like giant light box yep. billboard. If you go into the Qantas lounge or past the Qantas lounge, there's a, a huge, another cargo crew, the modern uniform board. Wow. You walk down through to the gates and there's another one. Is your uniform a modern uniform? Right. Question cargo crew, the modern uniform. Wow. And then another billboard um, at the gate. So it's like... It's a big investment. It's a big investment. Yeah. Um, but I think we've done a lot with the brand online. Sure. Obviously, digitally, where, you know, we've got a great presence, yeah. um, I think, online and particularly within, you know, Australia and the uniform category. So it's really now about... You know, doing some old school off, you know, offline marketing. Yeah, and to see what happens, right? Getting that kind mm-hmm. of brand awareness, like mm. we were saying before, to become an iconic brand, you need people to automatically go uniforms, cargo crew. True. Um, and mm. I think you know some of that exists in some old school marketing. So it's definitely harder to track. Mm. You know, because obviously yes. with digital, you're sport for choice with yep. um, your targeting. Yes. Um, and you can really kind of you know pick and choose who you're kind of talking to and be able to you know manage and monitor the performance of that pretty easily. Sure. Um, so the I guess going back old school um, and doing offline, it is it is a harder thing to track. But if you think about the traffic of you know Melbourne Airport, I it's think huge. Yeah. the Qantas terminal alone. Um, an average of 750,000 people a month walk through the terminal. God. So um, that campaign... right? Yeah, it's a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> and, you know, our campaign is going to be running for a month. So yes. uh, it is It is a big moment, though. Like, I felt mm. so proud going out to see it because you kind of really associate, particularly, I believe, like, um, airport advertising with the really big brands. So it's a really big step forward. It is a big investment. But it is, I think, as we kind of spoke about earlier, moving here to this new amazing space it's that next stage of the journey sure it's continuing to make sure that we're back in the business Mm. so that we're giving it its best shot to really continue to grow and you know continue to service businesses both here and um internationally so yeah all in no guts no glory (laughs) do you do you think you'll do i apologize it wasn't the last last question Do you think do you think you'll do an overseas office or something like that, or do you think you want to just function it out of Melbourne and uh, just grow the business from it's, Melbourne? Look, I, I definitely I think at some point we'll need more physical presence. Yeah, like um, abroad. Yes. Um, and it's just what does that look like? Whether it's a distribution hub, sure. Um, you know, potentially around Asia, mm-hmm. or whether it is more a distribution channel in the US yeah they're absolutely things that we're looking at initially yeah um and you know logistically it makes sense because at the moment you know with the international growth as well we're kind of shipping things to Australia obviously because we're making our product in um China and Indonesia and then shipping it back out again sure (laughs) so you know operationally doesn't make a huge amount of sense but um all, all in good time and but yes I would say that absolutely I see there being you know, in the near future, another physical presence, yeah, somewhere um, beyond Melbourne, Can't which is really exciting. Can't yeah. wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Um, now, Felicity, what's the best way for people to find out about Cargo Crew? Um, well, obviously, um, easiest way is to follow us on social. Mm-hmm. Um, so check us out on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. at Cargo Crew. Um, of course, come to our site. Yep. Um, have a look around. Um, have a look at the product. Um, obviously, now there's so many ways to, you know, get in contact. Absolutely. Um, message, you know, message through social. Send us an email, hello mm-hmm. at cargocrew.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely always interested in hearing, yeah, industry feedback, Um wanting to support, you know, new starters, people who are starting up new venues, um, you know, definitely come out and we can offer you, you know, the support for 
the visual um, support with the uniforms. Yep. Um, and yeah, talking to our team, I mean, they have a lot of great knowledge and they talk to a lot of people every day. Absolutely. And that's also another really nice thing, I think, having a team so engaged and, you know, kind of really um, kind of passionate about, you know, not only uniforms, but servicing customers and understanding their needs and then sharing that information as well with other yeah. other people who are going on the same journey, whether yep. it be starting a new venue, doing a refurb. Yeah. Doing Expanding brand their brand and yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Um, really cool. So get on board, guys. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and come come and physically check out the new showroom headquarters. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, Felicity Rogers, founder of Cargo Crew. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Sean. Cool. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed that episode of the Open Pantry podcast. As Felicity said at the end there, if you just Google Cargo Crew, you'd be able to find it and order to see the great catalogue of products that they do have online. Uh, it's just a, such a fantastic brand and amazing vibe from their whole team. So it's just a, such a pleasure to sit down with Felicity that day. Now, if you have any feedback on my podcast and what I could be doing better to make the podcast even more beneficial for you, make sure that you reach out to me on Instagram under Open Pantry Consulting. It's probably the easiest way to contact me. Send me a DM and let me know. We're making a major push in 2020 for more and more guests, and I want to do at least 50 podcasts in 2020. So help me do that by the feedback that you give me and also any guests or if you yourself want to be interviewed by me as well. So until next time, guys, take care.